Welcome to another episode of Side Talks Podcast. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. We're being very efficient right now. Let's well, get to it. Let's do it. Let's talk about some movies. What up? A very special episode of Side <laughs> Talks. I would normally have Brad throw a song in here, but let me tell y'all something. I hate that freaking New Year's Eve song. What New Year's old, Eve song? Old Old Anxiety. Oh yeah, everybody hates it. Oh, it's depressing to me. So we're going to sing instead about New Year's Eve. Oh, you know what song I do like? I love Rufus Wainwright's version of What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? Oh. Would Brad, would you be willing to throw a little of that in there? I think that's like perfect. Nothing wrong with a little Rufus. Oh, it's, that's the best version of that song to me. Anyway, if you haven't guessed, we're doing a very special episode where we count down our top six favorite New Year's Eve films. That's right. Now, a lot of great movies, it turns out, really? have sequences set in New Year's, on New Year's Eve. See, I was going to say the opposite. Really? Is that I had a little trouble with this list. Well, because I didn't want to repeat from Christmas either. That's and true. And that's a tough one to it do. It is, because there are just of, general holiday season Yeah, that, that kind of a lot of them will, will, will culminate into to New Year's Eve. And then I, I have another little thing to mention, too. Okay. Not only do I dislike that song, but... And, and this is such a Scrooge, New Year's Eve Scrooge thing of me to say. But man, I do not like New Year's Eve. I like almost any excuse to celebrate. I'm a big fan of almost every holiday. I will throw a big party for freaking Easter, you know? Yeah. But I do not like New Year's Eve. It is the biggest bummer to me and always has been. I think when I was in high school, I, I got behind it a bit. And that's yeah. where I probably learned my, to di- my dislike for it. So like this list was tough for me. Hmm. New Year's Eve is tough for me. I have to say I'm ambivalent. Uh, I don't stay up for the ball drop. I don't usually stay up till midnight. I'll watch like football that day. I might go to the movies and then go to bed by like 1030. And you know what? Perfectly fine. Yeah, I guess that's okay. It just, the night itself is just always a bit of a bummer. I feel like it's one of those nights that you front load really early because everything works to midnight. And so you end up, it just, and then there's this big pressure of what are we going to, where are we going to be on midnight? I I understand you're skipping that. Yes. But just in general, (laughs) I'm like, I don't, you know, it's also the night of like, where are we going to be on New Year's Eve? Where are we going to be at midnight? Let's all pile a bunch of booze and then go drive around and figure out where we're going to be and try to be at the perfect place on, on at midnight. Don't care for that. Don't care for that. Uh, Y'all take Uber or stay at home. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's get to the point here. I will start us off, if you don't mind, with my number six, and we'll work our way to number one, the the top New Year's Eve film. My number six is Sex and the City, the movie. Yeah, I saw this mentioned on some New Year's Eve lists. Yeah. Well, I like it because it does, spoiler alert on something a little older here, but it does culminate to, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, Miranda and Carrie meet up for New Year's Eve. I think there's some some di- difficulty in their friendship and there's a meetup that happens. And so I, I, I like the fact that Sex and the City, and this is one of my, one of the art things I'll argue on in a later podcast about uh-huh. the, about the recent reboot. Part of what I like about Sex and the City is it's really less about sex and more about friendship. Yeah. Um, at least, at least as the as the seasons have have grown and and over time, so I like that about about it, and uh, and that's my number six. All right, cool. Um, not a movie I liked, but I never saw the show, so obviously yeah, I have yeah. no frame of reference here. Uh, my number six is from the director of Licorice Pizza. Now mm-hmm. there were two Paul yep. Thomas Anderson movies to choose from. Um, yep. I did not choose the one where a guy blows his head off on New Year's Eve. Um, oh, yeah? 
You may have. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the one I went with is Phantom Thread, which has a yeah. lovely, just beautifully shot sequence um, at a New Year's Eve party where um, Reynolds, uh, Reynolds Woodcock, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, refuses to accompany his wife Alma to a New Year's Eve party, but changes his mind um, and enters this vast and lavish party just as the, the balloons are dropping and the band is playing. And it's one of the most beautiful sequences in the entire film. I think, honestly, uh, this list is uh, comprised of films with individual scenes and sequences that take place on New Year's. Um, so, um, obviously, I wouldn't call Phantom Thread a New Year's movie exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that one sequence is extremely memorable and vivid. Totally. Uh, my number five is a, is, is a little bit more New, York, New Year's Eve centric, uh-huh. uh, even though I, I'm not arguing your point here because you're going to find that on my list here in a minute. But uh, definitely very New Year's Eve centric, and that's Terror Train. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, a, a Rachel Morgan pick um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know if New Year's Evil is going to show up on uh, your list. It, it, it would not surprise me if it did. Uh, but Terror Train, a good choice. Jamie Lee Curtis. Absolutely. And, uh, who's the famous magi- ma- magician? Oh, shit. That's in it. Drawing a blank. It's like the most famous mu- magician ever. Drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. Well, anyway, it's a it's a fun one. It's not a great film, but it's a fun film. Oh, it's not a great film? You sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, David Copperfield, David obviously. Copperfield. Yeah, of course. Of course. There you go. Um, all right. My number five is uh, the first of two Billy Wilder movies on this list. Oh, I of guess course. old Billy liked uh, New Year's Eve. Of course. Um, and this is the one that, that has a climax on, on New Year's Eve. Uh, the wonderful scene at the end of The Apartment where Shirley yeah. MacLaine and Jack Lemmon finally have a moment of romantic connection at the very, very end on New Year's Eve, which they spend, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of... Uh, plot development preceding this scene, but of course the culminating scene is is McLean coming to Lemon's apartment, him finally confessing his love for her, and and she finally reciprocating at least to some degree, and culminating in that classic final line: "Shut up and deal." And uh, one presumes that that he does. Yeah. Um, but the apartment, a great movie, in addition to being a great New Year's Eve movie. Well, shocker, my number four from nineteen eighty. Is New Year's Evil, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. also a special special award as well for the title. Yeah, of course, it's a great New Year's title. Evil. Love the, it. The movie has to exist so a movie can have that title. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's my number four. Not a lot to say about it. No, of course not. Uh, my number four is the from the Coen Brothers, Joel and Ethan. One of their most underrated films and a movie that I think I watched this past. New Year's yeah? Eve or New Year's Day called The Hudsucker Proxy. Is that a New Year's Eve? It film? is a New Year's oh, that Eve. That should be on my movie. list then. Um, it, the, the climax of the film where Tim Robbins' character is um, contemplating leaping from the Hudsucker yeah. office building takes place on New Year's Eve. Uh, so it's it's a wonderful sort of holiday season movie. Uh, their, their classic sort of art deco screwball comedy um, about uh, this, this business that uh, Tim Robbins' dim bulb takes over and manages to lead to success uh you know for kids uh anyway i love the hudsucker proxy it is underseen and under championed in most circles but not on this 
podcast. Darn it. Yeah. Uh, check out that wonderful film if you haven't seen it. Well, I might kick my number two off for that. Oh, boy. Yeah, because that's I had I just didn't don't think of that as a as a New Year's Eve film, but okay. Well, my number three is as you also suggested might end up on my list. My number three is Boogie Nights. Hey, all right. Yeah, um, nasty nasty little movie, nasty big movie, uh, and you know lots of things I don't like about that film actually. Really, uh, lots of unpleasantries. Uh-huh. But ultimately, man, I remember that being a really incredibly different film when it yep. came out in so many ways and a bit of a masterwork even though it, it isn't always kind no in fact poor william h macy right, and that that right. scene just blam cut to title card that just says 80s yep. here it is there it is 70s are over the party is over now videotape is here to ruin the pornography industry what oh, a great movie good film Good film and also a sort of terrible film. I mean, not terrible as in bad, but it's it is it's hard to be in some of those rooms with yeah. them. It really is. I hear you. Um, my number three is a little movie that some people might have heard of called The Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Uh, because as you may recall, um, Michael Corleone discovers that his brother Fredo has betrayed him yeah. at a New Year's Eve party. That is right. And, um, you know, not a whole lot else happens pertaining to New Year's in that film, as I recall. But that one sequence in that film is memorable and important enough to include it on this list. I don't know if uh, you've seen the Godfather films, uh, dear listener, but they, it turns out they're pretty good. Uh, so if you haven't, check them out. Well, my number two, I'm going to kick Phantom Thread out of there. Uh-oh. Not because I don't love that film, but because there's enough PT representation on this list. Yeah. And, you know, I don't need – it also is a, a bit unpleasant and nasty at times. But in the best, most hilarious I know, way. I love Phantom Thread. In fact, put a gun to my head. What's your favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie? I know. And I we, might we say disagree on that. We disagree on that. But I'm kicking it off my list to make room for the Headsucker Proxy because I agree with you. I think that's and I think that's a kinder addition to my list here. Yeah, it is. Than Phantom Thread. So let me let me take a step back from my New Year's Eve hatred and and put a little bit of light in my list and I, I will do that. Well, I'm certainly not going to dispute that choice because it is a great film that I love dearly. I'm wondering if our number one is going to end up the same. I'm interested. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Because in my number two, there is a sequence in which an aspiring screenwriter named Joe Gillis goes to a New Year's Eve party thrown by, let's say, fading former screen star Norma Desmond, expecting, of course, this to be filled with all manners of Hollywood royalty. Turns out he's the only guest. Mm. And this isn't the beginning of the uh, entwinement, let's say, between Gillis and Desmond, uh, but it is one more step towards his eventual ruin in the second Billy Wilder film on my list, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, nice. Masterpiece. And, and that, that tracks for you. Yeah. So my number one film uh-huh. is going to be a little surprising to you, I okay. think. Okay, okay. But to me, it is the ultimate New Year's Eve film. It also could find itself on a Christmas list. But let me, before I tell you my number one, just quickly acknowledge that About a Boy and Carol are not on this list because they have been on a Christmas list and too many other lists. I so, love About a Boy. 
I saw that on New Year's Eve lists, and I couldn't remember the New Year's Eve sequence it in it. It strikes so I, me as more of a Christmas film. Yeah, I, I left that off. I love that movie. I, I love like that, that movie. film a lot, too. And I have that on my Christmas list, okay. and it may not have been on my top Christmas right. list, but it's on my Christmas list. And so I, just as you mentioned, I don't think about it as much as a New Year's Eve film, even though I think that ultimately it kind of, again, this is one of those ones that culminates, and that's when him and Rachel Weisz you know, sort of, mm, I think mm-hmm. that's my understanding. And of course, Carol gets too many mentions as it sure. is. And then I well, would like to, yeah, I know, <laughs> too many. I know, I know. But, and then I want to give a, a just a honorable mention to 200 cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen that. But my number one film, base, let me basic bitch it for everybody real quick is When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Not on my list because I just don't love that movie very yeah. much. I like the film a lot. I, I just find it really enjoyable yeah. and very nostalgic for me. And the wardrobe is really fun to watch. It, it's it's fun to watch in the didn't stand the test of time kind of way. And because of its ending and because of what a big New Year's moment it is, it's it's number one on my list as being a quintessential and also really enjoyable New Year's Eve. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I need to give that movie another shot one day. Sure. My number one is from 1925. We're taking things way, way back into Hollywood history, and we're going to follow a little tramp who aspires to be a gold uh, prospector um, in Alaska, you know, in a a border or a frontier town, but he's not really making it. And uh, he has the hots for a lady. He invites this lady over for a New Year's Eve dinner, but she stands him up because she's partying with, you know, cooler, wealthier less filthy people than this little tramp. So uh, he sits at his dinner table alone and does this impromptu little dance by sticking some forks into these bread rolls. And it's one of the most memorable little sequences, little comic sequences. Are you talking about Benny and June? We're talking about Benny and June. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Benny and June. Uh, and we're talking about Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush from 1925. Um, I don't know if it's the... You know, ultimate New Year's Eve movie, but for me, that sequence does everything that Chaplin does best. Um, it is melancholy, it is comedic, um, and it perfectly encapsulates uh, that little tramp character who I adore. Yeah, I get um, it. So, so I got to go with my boy Charles. Uh, my boy Charles, as if like uh, I can condone that man's life and existence. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, Skip Charlie it. Chaplin, whose movies were in, but his personal life, top notch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, those were all really good suggestions, I think. At the very least, you'll be having a celebratory moment in those films, even if you don't, you know, fall in love with something like New Year's Evil. It certainly will fit the bill. And watch the Hudsucker Proxy if you've never seen yeah. it. Yeah. I think that that's one great thing one. that people can take away from this. Thank you for listening to Side Talks. We're your own personal, cinematic, spam likely, and junk mail. These are the only phone calls I ever get. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, and they happen, it is as if they are able to plan these at the most inopportune times you could possibly imagine. Ah, geez, am I getting a phone call? Uh, nope. No, I'm not. I never do. Whoops, I left my ringer on in a meeting when I really shouldn't have. Oh, oh, good, though. It's excusable. It's spam likely. (laughs) Anyway, thanks to Revelator Coffee for sponsoring. Thanks to Boutwell Studios for sponsoring and producing and putting this whole darn thing together. Thank you for listening. Sidewalkfest.com or find us on social media at Sidewalk Film. 
you can find uh, showtimes for the Sidewalk Cinema. Come see a movie with us. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.